Welcome to the K-Hole. People are dying. (laughs) I'm Taylor. And I'm Ashley, and we are the hosts of the only Kardashians podcast on iTunes. Yes, that's true. What if someone beats us to posting their own Kardashian podcast? That would really be a letdown. I think someone's out there recording their own simultaneous (laughs) Kardashians podcast right now. Yeah, well... (laughs) hopefully no one beats us to that but at the moment as of recording this we are the only kardashian podcast on itunes so yeah welcome to the first episode of the k-hole spelled (laughs) k-hole do we do you want to explain why there is there's an accent on uh, on hole yes um, so you can actually see this picture, I believe, on our Tumblr and our Twitter profiles that we've set up at um, the K-Hole podcast. Um, it's this Christmas card from when the Kardashians were young, youngins uh, with Robert Kardashian Sr. And there's a misspelling of Chloe's name. So it's Kahole <laughs> with an accent <laughs> as she spells Truly her name. wonderful. Truly one wonderful. of the most iconic moments in like pre-reality TV Kardashian history. Absolutely. And honestly, so indicative of like what it must have been like growing up as Khloe Kardashian. So you know what real. I mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess to start us off, we should maybe get into how we got into the Kardashians. Um, and... I could I could start us off. Um, I kind of always watched the show off and on um, from the time that it started airing on E. What time? What year did Keeping Up with the Kardashians start? I want to say it was like two thousand six, maybe. Like this is the tenth season, but they don't do an even like year long yeah. season. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I kind of always watched off and on. Um, and I, I mean, like, I was a huge asshole when I was a kid. So I would, like, really, like, go to school and just, like, talk mad shit on reality stars and the Kardashians in particular. And then I would go home and binge watch, like, three recorded episodes that I had saved on our TiVo at home. Um, but That's I was never... real. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of people had that journey before reality TV, really. I mean, I think reality TV is at the point now where, like, it can actually be, like, truly compelling. But when the show first started, it was before, I don't know, like, I really think that Keeping Up with the Kardashians has been, like, a genre-defying show, defining show. Like, 100%. I think that, yeah, I think that it has really elevated (laughs) reality television to this level that was not extant one or like that did not exist when it first started um but yeah yeah, so I like go go ahead I was gonna say it took them a while to kind of find their groove and start to like put storylines together in the sort of like a plot b plot c plot format that we see on sitcoms um Mm -hmm. and sometimes it pushes them into like semi-ridiculous directions where you're like this isn't a plot why did you string these scenes together? Um, but comparing exactly. it, yeah, comparing it to the earlier seasons, it's a lot more, it feels more cohesive and more like there's a really strong, like, narrative threaded through the episode. Mm-hmm. And I think that really has been a consequence, like, I mean, A, just of the phenomenon, phenomenon that the Kardashians have become, mm-hmm. um, as well as just 
the increased creative control that Chris and Kim and I guess the rest of the Kardashians, uh, some of them, but have mostly over... Chris and Kim. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the level of control that they have over the show, and mm-hmm. you know the different arcs that they take on, um, and you can really see as the show progresses how conscientious they are of the image that they're you know putting out on this show. Whereas I think at mm-hmm. first it was kind of just like the show was the thing that they had to do to really become relevant, and so they pretty right. much just went with anything. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I, I watched the show like very inconsistently, but was very into it. Uh, and then, uh, I, yeah, I mean like somewhere in the middle there, I just kind of like dropped off and would only see an episode here or there. Mm-hmm. I would say it would be in the last maybe two or three years that I really got back into it, um, and really started watching regularly. Yeah, how about you? Uh, Apologies, we just had um, an audio issue. This is our first time recording in this setup, and I'm in Portland and you're in San Francisco, so this is a long-distance setup that involves, like, two mics on different computers, and we're going to splice these tracks together. I also just want to put out there that I'm currently recording on an Apple headphone mic, um, because my real mic has yet to arrive which is just one of the many joys of recording uh, a podcast. Apparently you need a real you mic. Know, the trouble we go through to create this content. <laughs> this art. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of art, Courtney and Kim take New York. One of the most seminal seasons of Keeping Up With The Kardashians or any Keeping Up With The Kardashians spinoff. Absolutely. Uh, what- was my first exposure to the world of the Kardashian-Jenner clan. Um, And I had not previously watched or kept up with the Kardashians in any sense before that. Um, I'm really into celebrity gossip. And I, at the time, uh, leading up to the season, um, there's a lot of discussion about how the Kardashians were overexposed and people on gossip communities didn't want posts about them and whatever. Um, and I like didn't really have an opinion either way because I I wasn't following them at the time. And then the news of Kim's divorce broke, so that was seventy day seventy two days after her big wedding that mm-hmm. had like a two part special on E. Um, and it was you know Kim's fairy tale wedding. Um, but it the news also broke right before the new season started airing. Um, and obviously there was a lot of controversy about her marriage breaking up so soon and it was like a big like topical uh topic of conversation at the time but um that that season played out like a like a murder mystery in reverse or just like a murder mystery I guess where Mm -hmm. you know the outcome but you're trying to figure out how they got there and it was interesting to see um kind of how the editing team was like piecing together um the story of like the dissolution of this marriage Mm -hmm. from what had originally been like these kind of performances about happiness and like being in this marriage. Yeah. And I honestly, I think that that um, particular plot line on the show and in Kim's real life, um, I think that that was really one of the first moments in which um, the show was like very aware of its role as sort of the, illuminator (laughs) of all these things that were playing out in TMZ I mean there was definitely a lot of like 
Kardashian controversies or whatever that played out in the media that you then got some explanation or insight into Mm -hmm. um, on the show. But I feel like that was the first time when they really realized that they had struck gold um, and that they could use the show in like a very manipulative but like smart and interesting way and I think they've been continuing with that trend since and and have been very good about keeping um sort of keeping the media at bay when they need them to be um especially when these Mm -hmm. sort of like major life events are happening to them um absolutely and then just saving it all for the show and I honestly it's just like it's so compelling most of the time it's so like (laughs) crazy and it's just such a cultural like phenomenon really this show yeah it's hard to explain what the appeal is because on the one hand I love to like totally give myself to the illusion that the show is being like totally honest and like this is real (laughs) and like the emotions are genuine and then on the other hand I love deconstructing it and saying like what was Kris Jenner thinking when she instructed Ryan Seacrest about like this plot line exactly exactly and I I think that's really that is like what makes it makes the show so compelling is this tension between um, the illusion of reality TV versus the fact that a lot of the things that each season like is centered around um, all of those little plot lines, whatever they're actually happening for real. You know, like Kylie is not dating Tyga as a joke. Like she is really dating him in real life. Um, Mm -hmm. But then you well, I guess the show the show hasn't really addressed it at all, aside from Tyga's not yet appearance on, at Kendall's Sweet Sixteen. Um, <laughs> never let the world forget about that. Um, For real, yeah. But I think I guess that's kind of a nice segue into, um, I guess, a disclaimer about this podcast, which is just that mm-hmm. this isn't really going to be the type of thing where each week we show up and and make fun of the Kardashians and talk about how you know stupid the show is um I I feel like we both really take them seriously as humans but also just sort of as a as a reflection of um a very specific type of of pop culture that is just like yeah completely taken over and become the norm I think that the Kardashians have really established um so many pop cultural norms that we take for granted Mm -hmm. that um really stem from from them and this like massive machine that they've constructed yeah yeah and I think that they're so self-conscious in their construction as celebrities Mm -hmm. and media icons um and you kind you you have to respect that to a certain extent because you know Paris Hilton was sort of Kim's gateway into fame but Paris Hilton is living in this perpetual bubble of 2004. There were these pictures of her from, like, a couple of years ago where she was wearing, like, a pink, juicy sweatsuit. Exactly. Like, it has never stopped being 2004 for Paris Hilton. But Kim... Yeah. Kim has translated a sex tape into longevity Mm -hmm. for her her family her children like that's the that's the wildest thing about all of this is that it's really just a an entire empire that they've built 
sort of piggybacking off of the sex tape. Um, and I know, mm-hmm. I think a, a common sort of complaint that people have about them is, oh, they're famous for no reason. What have they done? They're so pointless. But honestly, mm-hmm. if you think about, um, and I, I think this is something that kind of deserves a longer discussion, um, but if you think even just about sort of beauty norms in 2015, um, and I guess 2014, whichever one was called the year of the the booty, was it 2015? Yeah. I think it was probably 2014. Um, but Kim was really the first, um, like, widely the accepted f- representation of that type of femininity. And I think a lot of that does have to do with, like, Western beauty standards, because, I, you know, that type of body is, has never been uncommon, particularly if you look at people of color, if you look at the black community, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, that shape has always been a thing. Um, but yeah. I think it really became a phenomenon because Kim was sort of the palatable version of that and has really come to mm-hmm. define, I think all the Kardashian sisters have really come to define femininity and what it means to be beautiful and sort of, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, I think they're in part responsible for the lessening of the stigma against, you know, putting effort into your appearance. Um, yeah. And I think that, like they really made contouring mainstream. Mm-hmm. That's been such a huge thing over the past year. People being so open about having extensions is definitely a thing because of them. Um, mm-hmm. Although the Kardashians are not very upfront about plastic surgery. Not at all. That's the thing that like kind of creeps me out about them is that they're very selective about what they're open about the things that they choose to be open about they're super open um but other Mm -hmm. things it's like they try to pretend like no we're being totally honest with you kylie i've only ever had lip fillers but it's like listen 15 pounds doesn't completely change the shape of your entire body yeah yeah and i think it's like it I mean, it's really smart because I think, obviously, that construction is supposed to communicate, like, this idea of openness that extends to all parts of their life, mm-hmm. but you really don't have to dig that far to realize that they're keeping a lot of stuff close to their chest. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, so this is a serious podcast about the Kardashians. Uh, so, yeah, get prepare yourself for that. <laughs> Um, so it's serving up some content exactly um so I guess to start off we could just do you want to get into some uh some real-time Kardashian news Ashley I do I do so there's not a ton going on right now Courtney is in Montana with her children Scott might be in New York he said he he instagrammed a photo of some food, and the caption was, best food in New York. Is Scott in New York? Good-ass question. I don't know. Um, Kim's not up to much right now. Caitlin's not up to much right now. But Kylie did buy a birthday cake for her best friend, Jordan, who's also featured in this episode that we're going to talk about in a minute. Mm -hmm. Jordan is black, and the birthday cake said, happy birthday, n-word oh man so man it's just you know the thing about kylie that really gets me is that she really fucks up a lot 
She fucks up a lot, but also she, she is does. 18 years old. She was 17, like, two seconds ago. Yes. That... Literally last month. Oh, my gosh. And, like, I mean, I think about a lot of the people I know today who are very intelligent and um, not racist, not, you know, bigoted. Um, but I think back to, like, specifically people from high school... And, you know, they were kind of fucked up. They were they were really ignorant and said ignorant shit. But the difference is mm-hmm. that they weren't super famous and people weren't there documenting every stupid fucking thing that they did. Like, this is going to follow Kylie forever. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's strange, I think, on two counts. One is because in this show, Kylie often appears just very cold Mm -hmm. and bland, Mm -hmm. and it almost seems like someone is, like, feeding her lines. And then you look at her Snapchat, and she's, like, wilding out with Tyga. Um, And then, obviously, I think the other issue that's coming into play with the idea of this birthday cake and Kylie using the N-word in this way is, you know, she's had braids in her hair and she's kind of looking like black china these days um using a lot of bronzer and um and there's been a lot of talk about the kardashians like appropriating um black beauty standards and black culture but kylie's like the most salient example of that criticism right now absolutely i think it's very interesting because I, I, I get the sense that out of all of them, Kylie is the most difficult to force to fall in line with the brand. Um, mm-hmm. I think that had Kim or Chloe attempted something like this, Chris would have stepped in right away and been like, that's not a good idea. Um, but with Kylie, mm-hmm. it just seems like, A, she's a bad actress. She's not yes. suited to the reality TV genre. Um, Mm -hmm. and B, it just seems like she doesn't really, like, she wants to do her own thing. Um, Yeah, and that thing is not on brand. At all. Like, Kendall wants to do her own thing, but Kris Jenner has a brand for that. There is a Kendall Jenner brand. You know, and I think part of the problem is that Kylie hasn't quite figured out what what it is that she is doing. Like, I don't think she's chosen her, her niche yet. Which mm-hmm. kind of makes sense because I would just like to reiterate, reiterate she is 18 years old. <laughs> like, yeah. when yeah. I was 18, I thought I wanted to be a psychologist. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> just to start off. Yeah. So, I yeah, I don't know. I just, man, I feel very conflicted about Kylie. Because on the one hand, I really... I, I feel so sad about the direction her life is taking. But on the other, I'm like, yeah. you should know better by now. Yeah. I mean, it does have to be tough, like, growing up in that family, mm-hmm. especially because she has, what, nine older siblings. Although yes. the degree to which Caitlin cares about her previous children has been in question for a long mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's trying to, like, live up to Kim and Courtney and Chloe and then... There was an episode a long time ago, several seasons ago, where, like, Kylie was really into the idea of modeling. Yes. And then Kendall just started doing it. 
and is now on the cover of French Vogue's Legends cover. Exactly. Um, it's so just, that was kind of it's that's a tough family yeah. to grow up in. I I actually I have mm-hmm. this note from the episode, and I think I've actually expressed this to you a few times, but it's just so bizarre how Rob in this family is like the one they're worried about. Like he's the like sad sort of like underwhelming mm-hmm. brother who is like the total underachiever whatever but if you like dropped him into any other family he would be like he would be a rock star he graduated yeah. from USC he has a sock business that is like selling in high end retail stores like that mm-hmm. in any other family that's a success story that's something to be proud That's true. of. Yeah. But in the Kardashian family, he's the one they have family meetings about. Yes. That must be That's so true. bizarre. I don't know if I would be able to handle it. Yeah. And we've talked about this a little bit, but I remember reading somewhere that Robert Kardashian Sr. had primary custody of Rob, mm-hmm. which was not the case with any of the sisters. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like up until, you know, Robert Kardashian senior past um it's kind of you know you can speculate that Rob may not have had as close of a bond with his mother as his sisters do and possibly not a very close bond with his sisters either yeah yeah I could definitely see that I do think that the Kardashian siblings um to varying degrees have always it seems like they've always managed to maintain a relatively strong bond, um, mm-hmm. or at least Courtney in relation to everyone else, I think has managed to maintain yeah. those relationships. And I think that Courtney is sort of like the glue in that family um, mm-hmm. because I think she's the only one who really has a very close relationship with each one of her siblings. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, but okay, so moving on. Uh, Apparently, Kanye is serious about running for president. He's serious about running for president, and he is getting serious about his presidential bid. He's got five years, and he has a lot of legwork to do, and he knows it. Yes. Um, This is just, like, it's just wild to me that we have progressed to a point in human history where Kanye West is for real considering not even considering planning on running for president and i am just honored to be alive to vote for him yes <laughs> absolutely i mean if donald trump can run right now if arnold schwarzenegger can be the governor of california and if jesse the body ventura can be like the governor of minnesota or like the mayor of minneapolis or like whatever he did prior to all of this um, Why not Kanye? This is the nat- yeah. yeah, this is the natural progression. Exactly. Like, honestly, I feel like we should just start this campaign. Like, why not Kanye? Why not Kanye? Yeah. I think if you ask yeah. people that question, a lot of racism would really come to light. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, I, I'm in favor. The only thing that concerns me is that Kanye is really on some rich man shit. Like... Yes. All of his stuff about, like, it's not about racism anymore. Classism is a new racism. Um, mm-hmm. It really worries me that he doesn't see how interconnected all of these things are. It really yep. worries me. Um, but yep. he has five years to learn. So exactly. let's just pray a- someone, D-Ray, please, 
Please help him. Black. Help him. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On that note, uh, let's head into this episode. Definitely. Which is the. So this is the mid season 10 premiere. So season 10, episode 14, and it's called Mother Armenia. It is the first of a four-part series on the Kardashians' trip to Armenia that took place in early April of this year. Can I just say four episodes seems like a lot to devote to that trip. Okay, also in this episode, Kris Jenner is sad and she's like, I want to go to Armenia. Can I go to Armenia? And then her assistant is like, no, everyone's going to be gone by the time you get there. But somehow there are three more episodes. Uh, Exactly. I, yeah, I really was not feeling this whole Armenia thing. It just was not that compelling to me. Um, But we can get into that. I mean, I'm, yeah, I I mean, I'm glad that they're bringing attention to the genocide. Like, that's important. Definitely. I... Okay, so this is in my notes, but I guess I'll I'll drop this one right now. Um, I so I really I know people kind of just assume everything Kim does is for the publicity, but I really think she genuinely wanted to bring attention to this thing that the U.S. government literally does not acknowledge. Um, yes, I think it came from a very real place, and she kind of threw her weight around to to kind of like make the crew sort of you know go along with it and feature it on the show Mm -hmm. but it just came across to me as if like the production team kind of like half-assed it we're like oh my god this thing kim is making us do she's making us be serious and like not letting us stir up all this drama on this very important trip um so that like that kind of bothered me because i do think that it came from a very genuine place um in terms of like Mm -hmm. kim's heart uh I wish I wish that this episode or these episodes had had the production budget that um the about Bruce special had. Yes. Cuz that had some pretty high production quality yes. and was like very serious and heartfelt and genuine. And like they should have been doing that with this episode, but instead it was like Courtney's or like Chloe's being funny and then here's a serious thing. Exactly. It just kind of felt like it was thrown in there, thrown together. Um, but in terms of the storylines for this episode, um, I guess the the A plot uh, was the trip to Armenia. Uh, mm-hmm. Kim and Courtney really wanted to bring, I guess, or not Courtney, Chloe, really wanted to bring in uh, attention to the Armenian genocide. They wanted to go connect with their roots, make their mm-hmm. late father proud. Um, it sounds like they originally wanted this to be a family trip. Uh, yeah. But with, you know, the Caitlyn thing, with Rob's deal, um, with Courtney, like, trying to hold her family together. Yeah. And she, Rain is, like, five months old at this mm-hmm. point. Um, There's no need to travel with a five-month-old and two toddlers. Yeah. So it went from a family, you know, trip reconnecting with the motherland to uh, Chloe and Kim take Armenia. <laughs> I was also gonna make that joke. <laughs> Yikes! Um, uh, um, but then the 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 B plot was what's up with Kylie, which is the question on everyone's mind, but most specifically Courtney. Yeah, you know, I thought that this. I mean, overall, I did not think that this was a very strong episode to open up uh, uh, season. I guess ten B. Um, 
But mm-hmm. I thought there was just so much. They were trying really hard to create a lot of mystery and tension around uh, Kylie not really being around as often, where there really uh-huh. didn't that didn't exist. I mean, like it just seemed yeah. very forced. And, like, there was no story there, but they really just felt like they had to include Kylie in this episode. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is I think Kylie's becoming a big draw for the family mm-hmm. for a much younger demographic. And Kendall's trying to distance herself from the show yes. because she's doing, like, high fashion modeling Yes, now. definitely. And, I mean, also, just as a testament to that, Kylie's app beat out Kim and, and yeah, everyone Kim's- else's, right? Yeah, I really need to um, unsubscribe from that app before it charges me, like, tomorrow. <laughs> I have not subscribed <laughs> to any of them. Um, I also just, like, I, it's just so, I think it, it's, it really is proof of the power of this family that people literally are paying just to read, like, vaguely intimate blog posts and, like, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really interesting. Um but so then there was, of course, the very, I don't know, like, weak story, overall a weak episode, but storyline C, which was Chris is sad, um, <laughs> ostensibly because her life is in a state of flux, which I get, but really it just came off like she was sad because she didn't have anything to do in this episode. <laughs> That is the most accurate you know, account of Chris's emotions. She was, like, trying to get in on this Kylie thing. Courtney and Scott were like, we got it. Kylie was like, bye, hangs up. Trying to get in on this Armenia trip. <laughs> Her assistant is like, Kendall, know. not to be seen at all. <laughs> trying to hang out with Rob. Rob, like, Rob is no. not even in his room. <laughs> the one time. The one time. <laughs> she goes to check up on him, and he's actually out of the house. Um, yeah, I don't, I, you know, I gotta say, though, I I really feel like they haven't been giving Chris's grief over the Caitlyn situation, Caitlyn's transition, um, a mm-hmm. lot of airtime. And honestly, I think that's because her sadness is coming from a real place. Like, I think she's kind of stepping in and using her EP power and being like, dude, like, my marriage has dissolved. My mm-hmm. partner was hiding their gender identity from me for years. I'm really going through mm-hmm. something. Please don't put this, like, in the episode. Don't make this the focus. Um, because any any screen time Chris's um, sadness over Caitlin's transition um, gets is very minimal. And it's, like, very surface level, I would say. Mm-hmm. It does seem like they're, they're building up to something um, yes. based on the, like, coming up on uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians yes. previews. Um, but that's the Kardashian way to, like, build up and create anticipation and draw in more viewers and release information in the choreographed mm-hmm. way that they have designed it to be consumed. Totally. Have you seen the Bruce, or Bruce, the Caitlyn and uh, Chris sit down or whatever that they did? I haven't seen it. Is it part of I Am Kate? I... It sounds like it's on I Am Kate. Okay. I, I didn't watch a lot of I Am Kate this summer. Neither did I. And I guess that, I guess there weren't a lot of viewers, even though it was getting, like, really great critical reception, um, which I find interesting. 
weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I just honestly, I watched the first two episodes and then I just kind of lost track of it. Um, but I did I did like what I saw. I do feel like it's a little bit of an issue that Caitlin is still a very staunch, like. Conservative. Yeah, yeah. It's just. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's also like we've talked about this a little bit, but like, like. Caitlyn is queer. Like, Caitlyn is a woman who is interested in dating other women, Mm -hmm. and she just keeps dancing around it. And I get the, like, she just, like, started presenting as a woman, and now she's figuring out that she's gay. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a big deal. But it's also, like, I just, I don't, I don't know. It seems like it's coming from, like, holding on to old conservative mm-hmm. values in a sense and like maybe thinking of oneself as this like picture of normality mm-hmm. um with the exception of you know this one aspect of her identity and then as that's getting translated realizing you know that she's she's not straight yeah yeah definitely and i i mean on top of everything else that she's kind of coming to terms with and experiencing i can definitely understand that you know i guess sort of articulating a queer identity is maybe not her top priority but I think to just like evade it completely is just a little bit it's just weird you know what I mean she's so open about everything else it's just weird um yeah and there were some semi-strange mentions of it in the Diane Sawyer special because Diane Sawyer um was like well Caitlin are you gay as in like Caitlin you just said that you are a woman who's attracted to women and then Caitlin said something like I've never been with a guy mm-hmm. I'm not gay and so clearly there's some kind of like sexual orientation gender identity like disconnect um within her and I want to like be supportive but at the same time she's saying that like she maybe doesn't support, like, same-gender marriage. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think part of the problem is that people are asking Caitlyn to to um, deliver very articulate and concise answers to questions that are very, very difficult to even conceptualize at the start of a transition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a mm-hmm. lot of people have this idea of a transition as something that is just, like, day to night. You just, like, wake up and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, like, turns out yeah like these feelings I have I'm a woman and then just you know you just live as a woman and it's just okay that's how it is from now on but I think really transitioning is definitely it's a long journey there are it's Mm -hmm. it (laughs) ebbs and flows or whatever I mean it's there's various stages of acceptance and coming to terms and it's really complicated and you don't always have the answers all the time Um, but because Caitlin is so famous and, um, I guess was always seen as this, like the, the pinnacle of masculinity, you know, of of male athleticism. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people just expect her to really have it figured out and aren't really allowing her the space to figure it out in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyways, so that (laughs) Chris is sad. (laughs) Storyline C. Um, but I want to take it back to storyline B for just a second Yes, to talk about the setup for that plot. Um, so it's, it's Courtney and Scott's backyard. Scott mm-hmm. came home ostensibly for the filming. I have no idea 
when this was filmed. So this is this is in ostensibly in April. Okay. I looked at um keeping up with the continue con- continuity errors um which is a great blog yes. on Tumblr that also publishes content on Gawker examining when scenes were actually filmed for the show versus when they're being represented as film mm-hmm, mm-hmm. during um if that makes sense. Um and unfortunately they only covered the A plot for this episode. So we didn't get it didn't get into the nitty-gritty of like when this scene with Scott was filmed, but ostensibly this is in April and I believe the breakup happened in early July. So mm-hmm. we're we're on a crash course mm-hmm. to those photos, but we're not there yet. Yes. Um so they're in Courtney and Scott's backyard, family barbecue, pool party, whatever. Courtney is making pizza. Um and I also I have this note, I just it's really interesting or weird to me how um central food is to this show like i i think if you Mm -hmm. if you kind of reflect on iconic kardashian moments a lot of them happen over meals or like a lot of important conversations happen as kit or chris is you know cooking for the whole family in her in her kitchen or Mm -hmm. making her or they're like yeah or they're out at nobu (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Um yeah, food is very present in this in this show. Um in a way mm-hmm. that I don't think it ever would have been uh were this keeping up with the Hiltons or something. True. Um, but yeah, so anyways, they're they're making pizza. Uh the kids are playing. It's a great time whatever. Um but I just I really like how clearly staged all of these casual peeks into their day-to-day yes. family life um are it's it's like it's really funny because it, it like it's supposed to feel so casual and like oh the cameras are just here but it's very clear that like five seconds before you know we tune in there's the pa saying okay like courtney you're gonna be making this pizza kim i need you to bring up kylie da 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 um, yeah but I, the thing that stuck out to me the most was the fact that Courtney made it sound like making a calzone is super complicated. <laughs> she made it sound so hard to make a calzone. She was like, we were so frustrated and we just threw everything in the dough and I put it in and it was all doughy. But like, I've made calzones before. It's, it's not that hard. Yeah, what is the issue that Courtney's having with this dough? Is it not organic? Is that the issue here? Yeah, that, like, that jab at Scott when she was like, you got sick because you made me buy meat that wasn't organic. I was like, girlfriend, like, no. (laughs) That is not Classic Courtney. Classic fucking Courtney. Honestly, if Courtney... Do you think Courtney and Gwyneth Paltrow are friends? If they're not, they should be. Yeah, I could see them either really getting along or, like, really getting into an intense, like, like lifestyle blog war. Yeah, you know? but that would only come from a place of, like, disliking yourself and seeing yourself in another person. That's the only way they wouldn't get yes, along. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and 
the other the other interesting thing that happens in this opening scene and this happens a lot during the show where the camera just lingers for like a moment too long and it's weird and you don't know why they did that and it just becomes sort of the fabric of the show (laughs) but like had i been editing that scene there would have been no reason to linger on courtney saying oops i made a hole yeah no it's and it's that's why every scene seems to end with something like that or with like kim staring very intensely at one of her sisters and being like yeah you know (laughs) it's just so (laughs) uncomfortable um but so then to bring back this whole food thing i love how the setup for plot a starts um in courtney's closet which is very beautiful very wonderful chloe's closet closet. um it's chloe's closet it's not courtney's or chloe's closet sorry uh get your sister straight i've never watched this show um (laughs) <laughs> uh but so they're in chloe's closet and kim just like walks in with froyo that she saved from the day before from the day before and i love and she's doing she's doing that nose breathing thing that people do when they yep. eat very you loudly can hear it. but i just honestly i love that she saved the froyo because that is such a weird but like normal thing like i have a friend who saves Froyo if she doesn't finish it. And I was like, that is so weird. Like, celebs, they're just like us. Exactly. Um, and uh, Chloe's, like, little, like, why didn't you think to ask me if I wanted some Froyo? That was such a sibling, like, non-fight. Yeah. I loved that. Like, also, also because Chloe and Kim did not get along until very recently. Oh, yes. Yes. Um... And I think a lot of it stemmed from Chloe's feeling left out, both, like, socially, hanging out with her sisters, and genetically, because she Mm -hmm. wasn't clear on who her father was for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. One of my notes for this episode is, is Chloe Armenian? (laughs) The world may never know. Um, But yeah, so that, like, why wouldn't you ask if I want some Froyo is definitely, like, I just was imagining 14-year-old Chloe like watching her sisters walk in with Jamba Juice smoothies. Like, why didn't you guys ask oh my if God. I wanted to go to Jamba Juice? <laughs> I don't know, Chloe. Like, we just went after school. Like, it wasn't planned. And then it turning into like a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe's been holding on to that all these <laughs> all years. All these years. Um, but yeah, I uh, I really actually liked this scene <laughs> because it was just so like. I don't know, normal. Like, I feel like I really got an idea of what they might have been like as teenagers before they were famous. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But I also thought it was very funny how Courtney, or not Courtney, Chloe goes, we're bringing a lot of attention to the country. Or was that Kim? (laughs) Which one of them said that? I think that was, I think that was Chloe. That was great. That was a great moment for me. It was. (laughs) It was. They, they know their cultural impact. Yes. I, I, another thing that I thought was great this episode was how they just kept reiterating the fact that, like, Kim is the most famous Armenian person alive, and the Kardashians yes. are the only famous Armenian people. Um, yes. But she, Kim shout outshines 
all of 100%, them. One hundred percent. By light years. One hundred percent. Um, the level of Kim worship that we saw in this episode, uh, was just unbelievable. It mm-hmm. was man. It was a lot. Yeah. Like, Kim Kim is pretty famous, like, all around the world. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are people who, like, care about Chloe. Mm-hmm. There are people who want to, like, photograph Chloe in the rest of the world. People did not care about Chloe in Armenia. She was an afterthought. Did it was like, Kim, Kim is out of earshot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, people were, that, the, were hiking out outside of the their hotel. That's a thing yeah. that people did for Michael Jackson. That's, yeah. Is Kim the Michael Jackson of Armenia? I think Kim is better than Michael Jackson <laughs> in Armenian standards. Like, I think she's, I think she's like a better celebrity. Not even by like, Armenian she, standards, just in general. Kim is better she than Michael Jackson. She might be. Yes. <laughs> R.I.P. But I think, I think she's like the Armenian Brangelina. Like, both Brad and Jelena and Angelina. <laughs> They're combined fame. What if I'm like what if what if Brad Pitt like actually calls Angelina Jelena? <laughs> just picture Angelina Jolie, like 13 years old, super awkward, angsty, trying to be different and cool, tired of people calling her Angie, wants a like hip new nickname, starts introducing herself as Jelena. <laughs> The Angelina will never know. <laughs> the Jelena will never know. <laughs> but but I do think like in Armenia, Kim is as famous as Brad and Angelina combined. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Possibly like more famous than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So okay. So just to take a step back from plot A for a second, and to take a quick detour to plot B. Um, one of the things that I actually really, that really stuck out to me about this whole Kylie, Kylie storyline in this episode, um, at the end when she's talking to Courtney and telling her like, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time with Caitlin lately and, uh, Mm -hmm. I didn't like, I didn't want mom to feel sad and, but I like, I really don't want Caitlin to feel alone, da, 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 like, Mm -hmm. Honestly, that just was so sad and really, really reminded me that she is seriously a kid. Like, that is such yeah. a young way to, to respond to something like that, to feel like it's your responsibility not to hurt anyone's feelings and, like, the desire mm-hmm. to make everyone happy. Like, I really, really felt for Kylie in that moment. Yeah, but I also, in the back of my mind, I was like, are you really spending that much time with Caitlyn, or is this a cover for you spending time with Tyga and E not being able to show that because you're still underage? Oh, yeah, though I will say that the one of the episodes of I Am Kate I watched, um, Kylie did drop by a few times. Was that the first episode? Yeah. Was that the one where Caitlyn's sisters and mom visit? Yeah, that's the first episode. Well, I don't know. I would be really sad if it was a cover for her spending time with Tyga. I mean, it could be a combination of, like, those two things. But I also feel like Caitlin has articulated, like, several times that she, like, 
is kind of lonely and like wishes her kids would visit more Mm -hmm. and i don't know like it doesn't make sense to me that she would say that if kylie really was visiting her every day yeah that's very real um wait also i i I am still very happy that tyga dies within 30 seconds of appearing (laughs) on dope uh (laughs) <laughs> if you're listening to this and you have not seen Dope, you should really watch it. Um, you should definitely see it for the satisfaction of watching Tyga die. Yeah, like, honestly, it was just instantaneous. I, it's almost like they brought him on set just to film a death scene. And I was very yeah. in favor. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, anyways, I, I really felt for Kylie in that moment. Um <laughs> People I didn't feel for, Chris, mainly, but I thought it was really (laughs) fucked up. The scene where she is FaceTiming Kim, and Kim goes like, well, how are you doing? And Chris breaks down in in tears and goes, yesterday was so shitty. And Kim is like, yeah, hey, guess what? I'm pregnant. (laughs) Wait, okay, I have so many questions about that scene. A, do you think Chris cried with when Courtney announced any of her pregnancies? Absolutely ever? not. No way. Two, why is Chris always in her bathroom? <laughs> I don't know. There have been, like, that bathroom has been a constant throughout, or not that specific bathroom, but, like, Chris's bathroom has been a constant throughout the show. And it's like, I think yeah. in one episode, they even referred to it, like, as her office. Like, she has a phone yeah. in there. I mean, it's just yeah. incredible. Um, her man. her bathroom is maybe as big as my apartment. Oh, her bathroom is definitely at least as big as my apartment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what, what, what was I saying? I totally lost my train of thought. Um Oh, the other question that I okay, real quick oh, be... about Chris crying yeah. about any of Courtney's announcements. I feel like Chris is the kind of mom who is like, I love all of my children. All of my children changed my life, changed my heart. But like, Kim and I have just always had a special connection. Like, she's just always she... been special to me. You know what I mean? Do you remember do you remember a few seasons ago they made Chris take a lie detector test and they were like, <laughs> Is Kim your favorite? And I don't remember if she lied or she told the truth. I think she lied and said no. And then the lie detector test was like, that is a bold bold faced lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think everyone is pretty clear on the fact that Kim, as far as Chris is concerned, her only child. Kim is yeah. Kim is the star of every show in every sense of the and world. And the other thing Yeah. And the other thing that I've noticed over time is that any episode where like Kim or Chris are in a disagreement with someone else in the family, no matter how in the wrong Kim and Chris actually are, that episode ends on the note of the other family member being like Maybe I shouldn't have been so mean to Kim and or Chris. You're like, maybe they were right after all. <laughs> that is very true. Um, one always thing I did flex- notice always is that uh, it seems like Courtney, out of all of them, is the one who spends the most time with her mom. And I mean, it kind of makes sense because Courtney isn't really like 
jetting jet setting all over the world she's kind of like doing her own thing in the LA area etc she doesn't do like club appearances and things like that um but Mm -hmm. it's honestly I like I have a big family and I've noticed that the the child that like really doesn't like has that like reputation like my parents and I don't get along da, 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 has the most contentious relationship with their parents tends to be the one who ends up spending a shit ton of time with them um and I feel like like that is the kind of relationship that uh that Courtney and Chris have because I think Courtney and Chris have had the most tense relationship by far um oh absolutely yeah and yet somehow like Courtney is the one who's always just like running errands with her mom like sitting around with her mom (laughs) and it's really funny because despite that fact Kim is still Chris's favorite yeah I mean Kim did live with Chris for two years oh god yeah I forgot about that but at the same time I feel like whenever Kim and Chris get together it's like an event Mm -hmm. Like, they're going to dinner, and they're both wearing, like, $5,000 Chanel dresses. But, like, like Chris will, like, sit in her kitchen with Courtney and, like, like play on their phones together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, honestly, I think the, the thing for me that is most compelling about this series as a whole is the different dynamics between each member of the family with each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I, I've definitely noticed, like I said earlier, that Courtney is sort of the glue in that family. And I think that goes mm-hmm. really unappreciated by the rest of them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the other thing though is like, Courtney is kind of like impersonable in a lot of ways and very cold. <laughs> 100%. Um, but she's a great mom though. She's a really good mom. She's a great mom. She only cares about her own children yes but sometimes those are the best parents honestly yeah no that's Um, real um is it time to check in on rob it is time for checking in with rob uh so this is uh i guess our first segment of the of the episode slash podcast in general um this is just us kind of like checking in with rob like checking to see what's up how he's feeling how he's doing has anyone seen him is he okay um pretty much asking the questions that no one but courtney is asking or chloe no one but chloe is asking you cannot keep your sister straight it's so hard (laughs) their names are all the same their names all Um, start with k yeah so we're just checking in with rob we want to know how he's doing in this episode we don't see rob he does leave the house, though, which is very pro- promising. Very promising. I don't think that's been a thing for so long. Uh, so <laughs> just a, a recap of, of his role in this episode. Um, so Kim and Chloe kind of complain about the fact that Rob isn't going on the show or going on the trip and they think it would be really mm-hmm. beneficial to him. Um they think it that mm. it was really important to their dad for them to visit Armenia. They wish they think that Rob would feel happy going. Um, Chris also laments the fact that her son is not going. She goes to Chloe's house to try to chicken on him, try to convince him to go. 
Um, which is weird because Rob has not left the house in like literally a hundred years. So why <laughs> did Chris think that she could convince him to go on this trip? Um, but shock of and also the fact the fact that Chloe is like I've told you he's not going on exactly. the trip and you know Honestly, that like that whole setup just like read to me like Chris showing up. Because she was like, fuck, I'm not going to be in this episode, like, at all. I yeah, need, I need yeah, to do something. Uh-huh. Um, but shock of the century, Rob is not in the house. He is not in his room. So Chris can't even try to convince him. Rob does not go on the trip to Armenia. Big surprise. Uh, and then Kim and Chloe have a conversation about how uh, their dad was really worried about Rob, and Kim says she feels like they failed their dad um, because mm-hmm. of all that Rob is going through. And you know what? Courtney comes through with some very real... Chloe! Or Chloe! Jesus Christ! <laughs> What's wrong? I had no idea. Um, <laughs> Chloe comes in with some very real, not advice, but like perspective, and basically is like, there's not a lot we can do for Rob. If he doesn't want to help himself. Exactly. Um, and I thought this. And also Chloe. Chloe's the only person who deals with Rob on a regular basis. Exactly. And I think usually Chloe is the one who is kind of like hovering over him in a way. Like she's the one who's like worrying a little bit too much. But I think in this episode she was super reasonable and was like, hey, yeah. we've done everything we we can for Rob and he doesn't want it. Like, just let him do his thing, um, which was real. But uh, honestly, like, it was kind of hard to check in with Rob because he wasn't around. Uh, So we can't really... But he did. He left the house. He left the house. that's pretty promising. That's very promising. But we cannot say with any certainty that Rob is okay. So I guess this segment, um, maybe we could just wrap it up with a, do we think Rob is doing okay and I think for this episode, we can say maybe. 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 Inconclusive. Yeah. So that was... Uh... But... Go ahead. <laughs> Checking in with Rob. <laughs> Checking in with Rob. But, but uh, piggybacking off of uh, some of the comments we made in this segment, Chloe is being so real throughout this whole episode. She was and very being, honest. Being very, like pre like fuckery with Lamar Chloe yes you know what I mean yes um I think she just was like very clearly fed up with with a lot of Kim's bullshit uh yeah but also very patient very tolerant yes I I just like I really really felt for her during that conversation about the uh like about Kim's pregnancy and like how real they were Mm -hmm. about like Courtney saying like or Chloe saying like oh it's so sad that you have to be pregnant for me to be the thin one but it's weird because I would say that like Chloe is the one who is visibly the most in shape and like yeah it's just so weird that that she's internalized this thing from her adolescence that she is like the awkward chubby sister when she's like super in shape super thin i would yeah definitely and she's also she's like a foot taller than both kim and courtney yeah it's man it it must be really (laughs) really fucking hard 
to be the younger sister of like who, the the woman who a lot of people consider to be the like sexiest woman alive. Yeah, it's wild. Um, but also Kim's little comment <laughs> that Courtney is not sexy anymore. Yeah. Was- wait, wait. Let's let's. I have I wrote down quotes from this scene because it is my favorite moment in the whole episode. Okay. Okay. When 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 Chloe's like, I really thrived when you were fat and pregnant, and they like compared you to a whale, <laughs> and Kim is just sitting there nodding and being like, uh huh, mm-hmm, right, and then she says, "This is your moment to shine. You have to do sexy photo shoots, every sexy photo shoot you can, because Courtney is just not sexy anymore." <laughs> like two things. One. <laughs> That is the confidence that comes from being the sexiest woman alive. Like you, she has reached a level where her sister can reference a time when she was called a whale. And she's like, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, The second thing. (laughs) Okay. It's just like very funny to me that she just says like, Courtney is not sexy anymore. In light of Courtney's very recent, like, sexy looks post-Scott. Oh, my God. Yeah. How is Courtney's, like, Courtney got her groove back, like, phase period of her life going to affect this dynamic between the three sisters? Are we going to see a repeat of that bikini shoot in, was it Cabo? Oh, it might be, yeah. I, man, I feel like that's the direction this is headed. You're right. You're right. We'll I'm see. excited. I'm excited to see Courtney's new lease on life, but her her and Scott's breakup is also, like, very personally devastating to me. Yeah. I was really sad about that. I mean, they, they never had that, like... I think they presented Chloe and Lamar's relationship in a very sweet um way that that it, like it hurt when they broke up right but mm-hmm. Courtney and Scott's relationship has always been like oh it's rocky and complicated and like not always super healthy um but I really thought they were gonna make it like I really really thought they were gonna be together forever yeah a couple seasons ago they had um like a season retrospective sit down where they aired a bunch of footage of uh, Scott and Courtney just like dicking around together um, and it was kind of clear that it didn't really fit the tone of the show and like the storylines that they were giving Courtney and Scott but it seemed to come mm-hmm. from a really like genuine place where they really like were enjoying each other and like having a lot of fun together um, and I was reminded of that in this scene where um, they're talking about, like, how crazy it is that Kylie has her own house, and Scott makes that very Scott comment where he's like, oh, yeah, in the 12th grade, I was just worrying about what girl would let me throw it in her. And Courtney mm-hmm. just makes that, like, mm-hmm noise, and it's not patronizing, and it's not annoyed, but it's just, like, their banter? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I mean, I think that they have a very real love for each other obviously they have like three kids um but I think that the show really didn't allow them to be as playful as they naturally were just within their relationship 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, f- I really like, I can see how that would just cause a lot of tension because they're filming the show so often and that's so much time out of your life where you're not really allowed to be affectionate or playful with your partner Mm -hmm. um and that you really like you need that for a relationship to work you know what I mean yeah absolutely Uh, anyways so I guess not much of a segue but I think I think it might be time for our next segment Westwatch. yes ma'am all right, so Westwatch is going to be the segment in which we denote the special appearances of the West family, aka Kanye West and Northwest, who seldom appear in the show as a whole, but have a presence in this episode because they are also on this Armenia trip. Exactly. Uh, so uh, do you want to start us off with... Uh... I do. Um So Kanye goes to like an arts and technology after school program in Armenia just because like that's what he's into. (laughs) Um, And we get some really prime Kanye quotes. Um, Kanye is afraid of 3D printing because (laughs) the internet destroyed the music industry and 3D printing will do the same to the textile industry. Um, Kanye does not care for the populace whatsoever. At all. Um, there's also this moment where these Armenian kids are, like, playing the song for him, and there's, like, some kind of, like, synth production going on, (laughs) and he turns to someone and says, this sounds like Cruel Summer, that song with Travis Scott. (laughs) He is comparing their music to his own music. I okay, you know, I I know like Kanye has this very like rough um you know, very uh egotistical in a way in a way, egotistical public persona, but I really think he's a lot more humble than people give him credit for. Like he mm-hmm. was very like warm and and open with those students and like very encouraging. I think half of his quotes from that whole scene were just like dope that's dope dope. yes (laughs) yes (laughs) i mean like i love kanye and like i he's like the person i most respect in the whole world but in that moment he was such a parody of this public image of kanye (laughs) i couldn't believe it but he also like obviously seems very camera shy yes absolutely um and it's yeah, it's just... because of the cinematography. Yes, definitely. I, I well, I mean, I'm sure he would have felt more comfortable if they had filmed the show like Stanley Kubrick, uh, as per his request. <laughs> Kanye's probably not used <laughs> to cameramen just saying nah. <laughs> I like how after he says that, they show some shots that are kind of like B roll, like seems to be maybe what Kanye was referring to and all of those shots are so half-assed exactly yes or the fact that the teacher he's like he's telling about his uh his denied request um they like cut to her reaction shot and she's just like blank face like does not give a fuck and goes nice <laughs> How often do you think Kanye West experiences that 
ever. It's <laughs> a good question. I mean, he that, he pays for people around him to be enthusiastic. Yeah, I in their mean, reception I like of his ideas. With one syllable, that teacher took Kanye back to like the last call days. Yes, you know, <laughs> just really knocked him down a few notches. Um, yes. What about North? Tell us what North was up to in this episode. North was not on camera, but she had a strong presence throughout the episode, presumably hanging out with Kanye in their own van that they have because they didn't want to be filmed in their van for various reasons. It seemed like it seemed like this was really like North and Dad time, which I was into. Yes. Did you catch though? And I like I really loved this moment um, when they're getting into the vans, right? And, mm-hmm. and Kim hands North to Kanye, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you get her in the van. I'll go get your computer. And as she's walking away, North calls out to her, like, where yeah. where are you going? Whatever. And Kim goes, I'm gonna get Dad's computer. Because that is just such a real thing about being a parent. Like, mm-hmm. when you have a kid, they just get to this age where they can, like, <laughs> ask you what you're doing. And if you're more than 20 feet away, they're like, where are you going? No, there are a lot of kids who, like, freak out if their parents yeah. aren't right there. And it was really cute to see Kim and Kanye sort of manage that. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, Kanye was also in charge of, like, managing North's, like, jet lag situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just being it, like, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to hang out until my daughter wakes up. It was just great. I, like, honestly, they're just really good parents. They're just really... Yeah. I, I think that... Um, the way Kim has handled North's presence on the show is really indicative of the fact that, like, North is, like, their top priority and, like, the most important thing in their life, most, most important person in their lives and, like, sort of this thing that is held above the, I don't know, the, like, tell-all brand that they've built um, and I think it's really sweet. I don't think people give Kim enough credit for being a great mom. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, and at the same time, I think that had Kim had a baby with Chris Humphreys, as she was talking about doing during Courtney and Kim Take New York, mm-hmm. that child would have been raised on camera. Yes. Yes. Kim didn't love Chris Humphreys. <laughs> no. Chris <laughs> Humphreys, okay, my theory is that you know Kim had broken up with Reggie she thought she was gonna marry Reggie and then Courtney has a baby with Scott and then Chloe gets married to Lamar and suddenly Kim goes from being like the sister in a stable relationship to the only like basically unwed sister and so she just turns around and marries the next guy she dates (laughs) Jesus that, I mean, like, that is just so <laughs> real. I feel like I know so many people, especially just working with, like, a lot of very traditional people who, like, you know, are, like, yes, I'm for sure going to get married. I have to get married. I can't wait to get married types. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I have heard so many people just say, like, oh, my God, like, my brother got married. I'm the only one. Like, I feel like shit. And just imagining yeah. Kim <laughs> feeling that way 
mm-hmm. is just so normal and like boring that it makes me kind of love her even more. Yes. Yes. And then the fact that that like turned around into this like incredible love story with Kanye makes it all so much better. Oh, man. Like, honestly, I think Kim and Kanye have one of the most beautiful stories. <laughs> I really do. I think no, like, it's, it's so true. It's so romantic. Like, how I much. Cry, they... I cry every time I watch the engagement episode. Yeah, that episode really got me. Like, it really got me. And I'm not a person who is, like, super into engagement stories or, like, Mm -hmm. wedding videos, that stuff. I'm just like, okay, nice. But, like, the engagement episode, just, man, it gets me every time. And also, like, the look on Kim's face at, like, when she's finally, like, ready to walk down the aisle in the wedding episode. It was so real and, like, genuine. I know. The one thing I really wish we got in the wedding episode was Kanye's reaction when he saw Kim because he hadn't seen the dress before. Yep. Yep. Ugh. Oh, man. I just love them. What a great couple. And I'm so happy that Kim is pregnant. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I can't wait to see what that baby looks like. I know. Because North is incredibly beautiful unbelievable like she got the best features from both of her parents i know she looks like a child model she looks like she should be like selling some like target brand like little girls clothes i mean she's better than that like she will be modeling for balmain within the next year but like she looks like this idealized version of a child yes Yes, absolutely and honestly i'm kind of glad kim isn't having a girl because i think that like automatically people would like turn it into a competition like who's gonna be the better looking baby Mm -hmm. um which is really gross and like horrible but now it's, like, not even a thing they're going to have to deal with because they're having a boy. And no mm-hmm. one cares whether or not a boy is good looking because exactly they're boys. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so I guess that... That's that's Westwatch, although I think there's a lot more to look forward to in this Armenia-Jerusalem storyline because North is going to get baptized. Oh my gosh, yes. And Kanye is giving that concert. Yes. So, two big things to look forward to on the West Front. Very exciting developments. Um, And I I guess now would be a good time to get into some of the looks in this episode. I think you're right. So, we're going to be covering some looks later in the season. We're going to be covering some Kim pregnancy looks. There have been some really notable looks recently in real time, but we're going to wait till we see those on the show. Can I just um, say, she is really going for it, this pregnancy. She looks so much better now that she doesn't have preeclampsia. Yeah, like, honestly, I think she really figured out how to, like, game the pregnancy looks. Like, I think yeah. she really found herself. Yeah, but the other thing is, if you, like, compare, like, her Met Gala pictures to, like, the, like, Givenchy pictures from recently where she's wearing like a totally sheer outfit and she's like very Mm -hmm. visibly pregnant she's carrying like in a totally different way yes yes absolutely not having like crazy high blood pressure and having her liver shut down looks much better on her 
surprise, surprise. <laughs> People look better when their bodies aren't <laughs> shutting down. <laughs> On that note, so Chloe this year went from like blonde to like much blonder. And mm-hmm. I think peak Chloe blonde was one step before this. Yes, I think this was a little too um ashy of a color, I guess. I don't it's, I don't even know if it's ashy though. It's like I, it's like very platinum and you can really see like the PC highlights which yeah. Very dated. I, mm, yeah, I anytime I see really chunky or PC highlights, I'm automatically transported back to 2003. Really? When I I wanted nothing more than bright red chunky highlights to frame my oh face. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. Shout out to my mom for like not letting me do that. That's very real. <laughs> also, shouts out to my mom for for doing me that same solid. <laughs> um, but in terms of looks, honestly, I liked a lot of what Kylie wore in this episode. I liked a lot of her looks in this episode. The one that I was not a fan of was the red dress. Yes. Um, well, not her, even the dress. For her talking head? Yeah, it was more of the, like, yellow nails with the gray lips. I mean, I know she was going for the, like, matte neutral brown look, um, mm-hmm. but it that color was gray. That was gray, and it mm. was just too much lip. Like too yeah. much lip. I don't know if she was like, this the the same look with like the slicked back hair. I think so. I can't remember what the hair was looking like. Yeah, um, I was not a fan of that hair. Yeah, I was just too distracted by how loud her nail polish and like lip injections were. That's real. It was just yeah, it was not a good look. Um, I loved though her look like other talking head outfit the the white tank top yes wait okay so she actually looked like she was in her late teens in that talking head versus yes. the one in the red dress where i would have pegged her at like late 30s with bad plastic surgery yes 100 percent um yeah i just you know it's so hit hit or miss with her and it, it all just boils down to the fact that she has had too much plastic surgery for her age. I know. Too much. Um, but I will say most of the time, I think she has the best hair out of any of them. That slicked back look was not great. Um, also, like, not counting any of her, like, wildly racist, like, cornrow slash dread yes. looks. Um, but, like, her natural hair, like, when she puts it up or it just has it down and, like, has those loose waves... Mm-hmm. I think she has, like, really, really great hair. Um, yeah, she does. I'm not sure how long it is right now, though. Not super she, like, long. Yeah, because she cut it, and then she puts those extensions in that it's, like, kind of easy to see that she has extensions. Mm-hmm. And then recently she did this whole thing where she was like, I'm blonde, and now my hair is green. And then she was photographed, like, with short black hair, and it was like, okay, those were both wigs, and you made a really big deal about dyeing your hair yeah very weird um but other looks in this episode I was a huge fan 
of Kim's outfit when uh, she and Chloe arrived at their at their hotel in Armenia. Yes, it was that white dress, like not quite not a wrap dress. It was just like it just looked really nice on her. It was super mm-hmm. flattering, and then she had that beige like coat. Mm-hmm. with the big um, sunglasses with the big sunglasses like she was looking great that was such a good look and her eyebrows were looking wonderful in this episode yes very true her hair also looking great mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of really good like cheekbone contouring going on also that scene where she like can't stop smiling when she's about to like announce her pregnancy to chloe yes oh my god because we haven't seen kim smile in seasons and seasons so long and it was so cute like her excitement was very real whether or not the announcement was real like I I feel like Chloe knew already but the excitement was real like Kim was glowing it was Mm -hmm. very cute um and it was so like not a camera ready smile and I love that I love that yes um what did you think of Chris's looks in these in this episode (laughs) um it was a lot of like sad Chris looks there was like Chris in a denim shirt there was Chris in some kind of athletic wear um you know her like loungewear in her bathroom yes (laughs) exactly you know not the I really wish I could remember more of what Chloe wore though um, you know what I noticed in this episode is that it looked like Kim was dressing Chloe. Yeah. Because I think I think Chloe has her own like definite style that is very different from Kim or Courtney's or Kylie's. Um mm-hmm. I think it's like very sporty and like very throwback y. Yes, yes. Um and it really works for her. Like she has been looking really great the last couple of years. As she mm-hmm. has like been finding her own look. Um, yeah. But in this episode, like it was a lot of Kim inspired outfits. Yeah, it, it was, was a very lot. Noticeable. A lot of neutrals, a lot mm-hmm. of longer stuff. I wonder if she borrowed stuff from Kim actually, because they have that conversation about wearing more conservative clothing in Armenia. Yeah, that's that's possible, but I honestly like do you borrow clothes from people when you've become that wealthy? <laughs> like is that yep. a thing you do? Yep. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> yep. <laughs> maybe maybe it was more like Kim Kim was like, Well, here are these outfits that I have and here like get your personal assistant to buy these before you go to the airport. Yes, I can definitely see that happening. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, not a super strong looks episode. Like, not a lot no. of very, like, powerful looks. A lot of drab stuff. Some jumpsuits at the mm-hmm. genocide memorial. I'm not a jumpsuit person. Me neither. Um, though, one thing I do want to bring up, um, I loved the <laughs> scene during the traditional Armenian dinner um, mm-hmm. where they... they tell Kim and Chloe and their cousins like hey we've got some traditional Armenian clothing for you guys to take with you da 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 A really hilarious that they obviously gave Kim the nicest shit they had yes she had the best yes. outfit out of any of them it was I loved what she was wearing B at two did I say one or A I don't know whatever um, <laughs> but the other thing I loved about that was that 
Kim took that, like, that belt that was supposed to go around her waist and tried to put it on top, like, on her head, on top of the headband she was already wearing. Like, she was, she, like, straight up was, like, trying to layer that shit. I know. And then she said something about Dolce and Gabbana. Like, she just had to make that comment. Speaking of Dolce and Gabbana, where are Dolce and Gabbana the dogs? Oh, my God. Well, we know what happened to Dolce. Well, we don't know what happened to Dolce, but we know it's been a long time since we've seen Dolce. So the question is, is Gabbana still alive? If you know where Gabbana is, please write in. (laughs) We are more worried about Gabbana than we are about Rob. (laughs) That's real. Um, honestly, if there's anyone listening right now, they should Google Kardashian pets because there is an article about all of the missing Kardashian pets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a surprising number. And I hope that Norman and Bambi don't encounter the same fate. Absolutely. Norman, um, you- Brandy, Bram- Bambi, Brandy. <laughs> Brandy. <laughs> Brandy. Um, we're praying for you guys we're thinking about you yeah we hope you're okay hoping you pull through um you know what we haven't touched on and i don't even have a note about this chloe is like calling lamar in this episode yeah that was a surprise because a couple of like real time weeks ago or months ago he like ambushed her outside of a soul cycle class and she was mm-hmm. not having it. So what happened between this Armenia trip and like this soul cycle class? I mean, That's he signed really the divorce papers. Yeah. He signed the divorce papers in between, but like how did we get from point A to point B is my question. And are we going to see I it don't on know. the show? And I think it, um, they have to address it on the show, especially because the the papers were were signed like while they were filming, right? Yeah. Um, I just don't see how they're gonna get around it. But that's yeah. like, man, that just makes me so sad. I just that whole situation is so fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like, I wish Chloe would just not like I wish she wouldn't reach out to Lamar all the time but at the same time like I get it yeah yeah and I think there is a legitimate question as to like who is watching out for Lamar exactly it it shouldn't be Chloe it shouldn't have to be Chloe but someone should be watching out for him honestly like Chloe just has a really big heart like I think Chloe's like Chloe can be kind of abrasive and aggressive, but I think that like really her instinct is to just like take care of everyone. Yes, um, and I think that's kind of why she wound out wound up with someone like Lamar. Yeah, I think she really just does have that instinct to like save people. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting in light of what we've been talking about with Courtney being the glue of the family because they occupy these similar roles but have very different manners and ways of going about mm-hmm. their sort of care for other people mm-hmm, definitely um i guess should we I, we're kind of done with looks right we are done with looks i i do have one thing um and that is 
the deputy minister of economics meets oh Chloe and Kim at the airport. And yes. can you imagine being the deputy minister of economics for a country and be and like being told like Okay, so you pulled the short straw, and now you're going to have to go meet these American reality stars at the airport. We'll take down some meeting notes, um, you know, we'll get you up to speed on all the policy stuff, but just block out this whole day, you know, make them feel welcome. Some Armenian-American reality stars are flying in. We need you to meet them at the airport. Could you imagine if, like... We know that... (laughs) We know that this area of the world is really going through some shit economically, but if you could just take like six, seven, eight, twelve hours to show these people around, you'd really be doing us a solid. What was that conversation like? What do you think he talked about with them? I don't know. It's like, do you think he at some point was just like, so, economic policy? <laughs> Actually, okay, do you think that Kim and Chloe visiting Armenia gave the economy a boost? Yes, 100%. Maybe that's why. Maybe he, like, knew. Maybe he was like, yes, thank Maybe you. He's, yeah, he's playing He's playing the long game. I don't know if that's a long game. That's probably a short game, but... Is the Minister of Economy in Armenia... Deputy Minister. Like, Deputy Minister... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that just makes this so much funnier. <laughs> right. Is he the Frank Underwood of Armenia? Like, is he planning ahead? Oh, oh my god, that's a great point. Is he gonna, like, call on this favor when he, like, submits his, like, blackmail evidence against the actual Minister of Economics? Probably, frankly. That's what I would do. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so speaking of, of power, um, I guess we, we have one more segment to get to. Um, this is the power rankings of the episode. So every episode we are going to uh, evaluate and kind of really figure out who's holding all the cards in each exactly. episode. Um, so for this episode, there was a lot to take into consideration I, I feel like in building this our our list, we kind of like it was just a matter of like, okay, this person is definitely starting out at the bottom. Oh wait, just kidding. Here's this other person who like definitely was way less powerful. Yes. Like way less commanding. <laughs> oh wait, we, never we mind. Knew this who other our bottom person. we knew who our baseline was and we did a lot of working up from there. True, true. Uh, so should we, do you want to start from the top or the bottom up? Honestly, let's start from the bottom. Okay, um, so at, at the bottom of the totem pole, this will surprise no one if you've been listening at all. We've got Chris. Chris, Chris Jenner. Jenner. Who is who is not Armenian, it should be noted. Yeah, let's just. no business going on a cultural heritage journey to Armenia. <laughs> absolutely like i it was just so weird because you would have thought like she 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 wanted to go back to experience that that sort of cultural ancestral connection with her children when really it was just like you're bored and sad and annoyed that you're not gonna have a lot of screen time in this episode at least be honest about it 
Exactly. Um, so uh, above Chris, we have Caitlin in absentia. Uh, and I, I forget the reasoning for this, actually. It was because Caitlin in absentia is like lording her power over Chris and it's not really Caitlyn doing it it's Chris's projection of Caitlyn I think that's yes. making that's making number eight and kind of like uh, hanging over Chris's storyline and again it's it's not Caitlyn it's Chris's feelings about Caitlyn yes that actually that's a very good way to put it um yeah I, I think that the like non-presence of Caitlyn in this episode was just so heavy Mm-hmm. Um, and also in like in Kylie's storyline for the episode too. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's it's very. I think the crossover between I am Kate and Keeping Up with the Kardashians is going to be something that will be very interesting to keep track of as the season progresses. Absolutely. So um, right above so, Caitlyn, mm-hmm. we have Chloe, uh, who has throughout the episode, is very made aware of her place on the Kardashian sister totem pole. Yeah, she definitely knows where she falls on the spectrum and is very vocal about it throughout this episode. She's forgotten Uh, by her own security people. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine hiring, like, paying someone money to take care of you and watch over you and then they immediately forget about you? The minute your sister walks into the room. <laughs> I mean, that is the reality for Khloe Kardashian right now. Damn. But we did, we did talk about she is poised to rise like a phoenix as soon as Kim's bump pops. She's exactly. ready. She's biding her time. Khloe is like, game. yeah, Khloe is like experiencing her renaissance right now as we speak in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly because... she took kim's advice she did that complex shoot where she's yes. like oiled up and like doing some some workout stuff i don't know it's a sexy photo shoot dude honestly chloe's in the best shape of her life Truly. but i will say courtney is really coming for her with yes. the post scott looks yes courtney i feel like there's gonna be some real tension like... there yeah courtney does not look like a woman with three children Exactly. Speaking of Courtney, she came out on top. This well, you know, not on top, but at number what? One, two, three, four, six. five, six. <laughs> she came out on six. Uh, uh, I think just because of the fact that she really did take control of the Kylie situation away from Chris. Whether yes. or not she held on to control the control of that situation, we'll get to in a minute. But um, she definitely shut her mom out of this episode (laughs) yeah she's exercising a little more uh, power than either chloe or chris is at this point but Mm, ultimately she only in like go ahead oh she exercises her power but ultimately um they're ultimately to no great effect basically yeah i think I think really like her her peak moment was calling out Kylie for not texting her back 
Um, and telling her mom straight up, speaking of Kylie, she's such a bitch. Yes. Which was just a great way to put it. Um, the Courtney, one thing that was... Courtney is like 37, 36, <laughs> and she said that about her 17-year-old sister. Her teenage sister. <laughs> she... Also, Courtney is a mom. <laughs> <laughs> like imagine if, if if like 10 years from now some like 35 year old woman came out of nowhere and called penelope a bitch like how oh would courtney God. react courtney would courtney flip would a lose shit. it compare it compare that to chris's reaction which was what she do now it's <laughs> great um but yeah, I I did think it was really funny in that scene how Courtney just kept spelling out, not kept, twice, spelled out no. Yeah, N-O. <laughs> how hard is it to spell out N-O? <laughs> I love it. I love Courtney. I've really grown to like Courtney. Love her, yeah. in fact. I was not a fan even just like three months ago. Yeah. She's the the Scott breakup is really making me see her in a new light. Yes, one hundred percent. But coming in right above Courtney is Kylie, who's being withholding and takes control of the situation away from Courtney ultimately. Yes, withholding is probably a skill she learned from Chris. Um, yes, which which makes this a very interesting development. Uh, but I, I think ultimately, like, Kylie doesn't really have much of a role in this episode. I think, I, I don't know, I think they were just trying really hard to get her into the epi- into the show. Yeah. Um, because she is a draw for all of the, like, people who grew up on Justin Bieber. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, in her big scene with Courtney where she's, like, explaining, like, her emotional situation that she's in, it does read like someone is feeding her lines yes yeah I mean I I said it at at the beginning of the show and I really don't think that Kylie is suited to to being a reality tv star um I, I just I don't think she has the the acting skill yeah you know um but I I I think I I do think that she's got a brand that she's like discovering as she gets older um, yeah, and I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. Hopefully, uh, it it moves in the opposite direction of the racist <laughs> shit she's been doing as of late. But that remains to be seen. Honestly, like she needs to get herself away from Tyga, or someone in her life needs to step up, care about her, get her away from Tyga. Caitlin, she, do something. She Kylie needs to go have coffee with Amber Rose because Amber Rose is the only person who cares about Kylie right now. Honestly, I can see Amber Rose and Kylie getting along super well. I know. I feel like they're more similar than 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 one would think, but uh, so Tyga standing uh, in the way. Fucking Tyga. Um, so I coming out. Uh, I'm going to reconsider my word choice. Uh, one notch above Kylie on this uh, on this <laughs> power totem pole is Scott. Um, I think he is the one who ultimately takes control of the Kylie storyline. 
um, and in that restaurant scene, really becomes the star of that plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, because he just he just doesn't care. He really doesn't care, and I think it really like it really was a good reminder of the fact that he has been in Kylie's life since she was a little kid. Like she probably can't really remember a time when he wasn't around. Yeah, he's been in her life since she was like eight years old, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, how much do you remember from before you were eight? Yeah, not a lot. Uh, yeah but i mean he he makes her so uncomfortable that she like leaves her lunch yeah and he he gets what he came for he gets the intel that courtney sent him for and ultimately Uh like you could make the argument that like that really puts courtney in a position of power but scott's doing it how he wants to do it yeah i'm sure courtney was like okay i need you to like be really casual don't let her know that we're keeping tabs on her and he was just like he just bust on up in there like hey i'm scott i'm here how's it going what are you hiding he was very embarrassing dad which i was into i loved it honestly if kylie had more of that in her life she wouldn't be with tyga that's real uh yeah so who's who's next on this list number three Number three was our original number one when we started mm-hmm. formulating this list, and it's Kim. Uh, Kim is usually usually pretty on top, at least ever since she's been with Kanye. She's been very mm-hmm. like poised and in control, and we see a lot of that in this episode, even if the episode itself is sort of designed to kind of poke a little fun at Kim's fame and her ego. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, she's flexing on Chloe throughout the whole episode. Yeah. (laughs) Which, I mean, ultimately, if you think about it, it's just, it's kind of low-hanging fruit. Um, Which is why (laughs) I think that uh, she ended up being number three on this list instead of number one. Uh, And she was, in fact, beat out by Mr. West himself, Kanye. (laughs) <laughs> who, who dined, deigned himself to be on the show, which automatically puts him in a position of power because he is now leveraging his incredible fame and draw to make the the camera crew shoot his scenes in the style of Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> it's just like, it was so obvious that whole time that he was like, honestly, I'm just doing this as a favor to my wife. <laughs> yes. like Like he 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 did not have to play nice for the camera at all at all he like honestly it was almost like he was just ignoring them half the time like i i bet you there was some poor pa who had to like every 20 minutes say like hey hey um kanye could you like could you maybe turn a little bit to the left so that the camera can see you Do you think he even responded to that? No, no, because he his response was probably like, "Listen, if you would just shoot this like it's Stanley Kubrick, you wouldn't have to worry about that." Kanye was totally in control of that situation. Um, But you know what? Honestly, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say 
he got his own van for him and North <laughs> yeah. so that they wouldn't have to be in these like van scenes where like Chloe and Kim were talking about Lamar. He was like, you know I'm gonna what? be filmed when I wanna be filmed. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I actually I'm gonna amend this this list just for myself and I'm gonna I'm gonna put like a like at one point five is the teacher from the art school who totally <laughs> blows off Kanye when he makes that Stanley Kubrick joke. And is just like, yeah, cool. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> totally. Like, she completely blew him off big time. And I really respect that. Uh, so who, who came out uh, number one on this power ranking list? Uh, it was the Princess Northwest herself who held everyone up by being a child with jet lag. (laughs) She held up everything. Like, honestly, something as small as I need a nap and everything halted. Uh, Like, Northwest, blessed be her name, was in control of this whole thing. Exactly. I cannot wait for her to be old enough to get EP credit. Like, and uh, yes, that's that's probably going to be sometime before her fifth birthday. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like Kendall, Kendall and Kylie don't even have EP credit right now, but it's, it's guaranteed. They're like writing it into North's contract right now. (laughs) They're just waiting for her to be old enough to read it. And then it's just, it's set. Um, yeah. Yeah. So North was just she was in control. She was a powerful young lady, and I loved that about her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, so actually, I think we have to add a number ten, and that's got to be Kara and Courtney version two point <laughs> Kardashian. <laughs> Courtney with an I Kardashian. <laughs> the cousins. Yeah, they were fucking. Why were they even in this episode? Why were they they on camera at all? Yeah, they had a good couple of good moments where, like, they were the audience to Chloe's, like, snide remark, but not a lot going on. Yeah, during that dinner, it was very obvious that, like, all of their childhoods were spent sitting on the couch while Chris and Robert Kardashian Sr. made everyone watch Kim sing and dance. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's why every Thanksgiving, Labor Day, Christmas, like fucking St. Patrick's Day was spent watching Kim sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star in an overfurnished, lavish, like Los Angeles suburb living room. <laughs> That's the most That's like one of the most accurate things you've ever described. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, um yeah, no, definitely at the bottom of the of the power totem pole. Um yeah. not sure why they were on camera, but honestly I'm kinda glad they were. I yeah. another thing I noticed was just that Kim looks more like them post plastic surgery than she did before. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind Which of I think is interesting. Yeah. Her Kim's jaw post-plastic surgery has been looking a little like strange to me i really Mm -hmm. like it like she has a really beautiful face but sometimes the the way they photograph her the angle she looks like an alien yeah yeah definitely it's very 
I, I, I just feel like she, her face is so perfect already that mm-hmm. like then adding in all the makeup and contouring and all the lighting, it just becomes like hyper perfect yeah. to the point that like at times it can be a little bit grotesque. Yeah, a little bit Valley of the Uncanny. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so I guess I guess that concludes the power ranking segment. Not ranked are Kendall and Rob. Don't appear in this episode. True, Kendall, true. Kendall's decision not to be on camera could be construed as a power play. Rob? It could. Rob? No, not so much. No, no, not at all. That, yeah, no. That wasn't even, like, so much a choice as it was just, like, physically he could not allow himself. Like, he, I think, I don't know, it's just, like, really sad how he went from being, a like, a key player in the show yeah. to just like totally retreating and like psychologically just like nope can't do it yeah he's in a dark place is he making any money from the show from the sock but his sock business is doing well <laughs> but the show because in order to if his contract is anything like scott's in order to be to get paid he has to cooperate yeah which he clearly has not been I would think time. I would think he would just have opted out of the contract at this point. I don't think he wants to be on the show at all. Yeah, which is very understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but so also, I guess... where does Rob's money come from besides the socks? But like, where is it? <laughs> what I from? mean, what else does he need besides the sock business? The sock, but you know what they say about the sock business. They what? say it's 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 always uh, reliable. It's a reliable source of income. That's what they say. There's always money in the sock business. Exactly. <laughs> um, what was your favorite moment in this episode? Definitely when Chloe and Kim were talking about Kim's pregnancy and how Chloe was going to rise like a phoenix. Um, and they were both just being incredibly real it was like it was like kim post chris humphrey's divorce and she was just being so self-aware and like willing to laugh at herself that's my favorite (laughs) version of kim absolutely um i have to say that my favorite moment was when kim compared chloe to a monkey (laughs) and then ordered her sister to dance for her because that's that's who she was dancing for she was dancing for kim kim was the audience yeah like it was well and also kim had been asked to dance and then she was like chloe is going to go in my place that was just such a godfather moment like that was just that was Kim yeah. exercising her power, and had had Kanye North not appeared in this episode, that would have sealed her at number one. Oh my god! Just you know that what? Moment. Yeah. You know what? That moment during the the dinner was Kim reminding Chloe of her place. Yes. After that very <laughs> frank discussion about Kim's pregnancy body. Kim turned it around and was like, you may be thinner than me, but you will never be as powerful. I wow. That's really sinister. That scene just, like, took a whole, like, I'm really seeing it in a different way. But and that it's still is my so favorite. real. Oh, yeah. Because Kim is just, like, lavishing in the attention. And then she's like, you know what? I don't want to dance. Chloe's, Chloe do it. 
And then Chloe's talking head segment where she's like, I was like Kim's little monkey. Dance, monkey, dance. Um, but so I think, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, in the next episode, what can we look forward to in terms of, of the show? You know, we have three more episodes of Armenia, so <laughs> we're, we are guaranteed, I think, more Kanye and more North, which is Thank definitely a highlight. Yeah. Um, I think Honestly, that this will... Armenia thing is worth it just for that. Yes, Absolutely. And I think they're going to save the Kris Jenner, like, getting into her feelings about Caitlyn stuff for after Armenia so that she can be the A-plot. Dope. I'm ready for that. All right. Well, uh, that's it for this week, I guess. Do you want to uh, sign us off? I do. Um, I should also note that if anyone can identify the phrases that we're using for our sign on, sign off, uh... They should, they should let us know. Yeah. Then we're kindred, oh, wait. We're First, we should uh, uh, plug things. You have a lot oh. of stuff to plug, actually. Yeah, I do. I have a couple things to plug. Uh, so I'm on Twitter at Ashley Brandt, and I host a Twin Peaks podcast with Matt Olson, uh, my friend, our mutual friend. Uh, it's called Twin Peaks Peaks. Um the last peak spelled P-E-E-K-S. Uh, we're on the iTunes store. And I also have recently started hosting a podcast called Yeah, I've Seen That with Sandra DeAnda, which is a podcast about movies. Um, find those on the iTunes store. Subscribe to us. Great. Uh, and I am on Twitter at Taygrand, spelled the way it sounds. Uh I don't have anything else to plug. I'm just a regular ass person. So that's it for me. <laughs> All right. And you can find um, our show on Twitter and Tumblr. And I think we have a Facebook page too. It's um, yes, the K-Hole podcast. Um, K-Hole. The K-Hole podcast. Um <laughs> But you should you should like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Tumblr. Uh, we'll be posting different stuff on all of those platforms. So, Good yeah. Stuff. And until right. then, until then, don't be fucking rude. <laughs>